0: Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride-along with the Bikes on bikes.
1: This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J., he is my guest. We are the Mics on Mics. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. It's 2020, and if anything, Mike, positive or negative, we can definitely say wrestling's been super interesting this year.
0: I mean, it has been different this year. Interesting is a good word for it. It's been an interesting, interesting year.
1: Good, bad, literally everything in between, right? Oh, everything. But I would say, of all the words you could use, uh, boring would probably be your last pick. (laughs) Depends
0: on what you're talking about.
1: Well, I'm just saying, sure, there's segments, I think on every channel, that don't hit. There's matches that don't hit but like there's always something weird going on or interesting or fascinating and just when you think you're like all right nothing's going to happen something happens that makes you go hmm it's
0: 2020 that I'll give you that that is true
1: <laughs> so let's uh let's just jump right into this mike I, I, we talked off air uh a lot of stuff happening this week so let's just briefly touch on NXT then we'll briefly touch on Dynamite and we'll kind of get into it from there so NXT we had the war games go home show um i said i said last week or not last week i said a few weeks ago when AEW did their go home show for what was the show help me out here mike uh, full gear. Full gear. Thank you. That I was like, man, kind of seems like I think we both kind of said AEW doesn't necessarily knock the go home shows out of the park. Um, gonna say the same thing for NXT this week. However, still a good episode of NXT. Just <sighs> well, first of all, you had to start out the whole show with the tribute to Pat Patterson, which again we didn't mention at the top of the show, but wrestling lost. Uh. An absolute legend. Uh, a, a a savant, is that fair to say, for pro wrestling? Yeah. Uh, a, a mind like almost none other. Um, you know, Pat Patterson passed away at age 79, so rest in peace to Pat and condolences to his family. And, you know, you have to say condolences to WWE as a whole because that was his real family, I, I think, is the way you'd want to look at it. But anyway, so we start the show with a very good tribute Um, And I'm just going to kind of skip through here. We get some things setting up more uh, stipulations or more storytelling, I should say, with Damian Priest, Leon Ruff, uh, the North American title, Johnny Gargano. So we get a pretty good match with uh, Damian Priest and Leon Ruff teaming to take on uh, Raul Mendoza and Santos Escobar. Uh, I'm just going to kind of skim through these really quick. Blues Report gave it a B. I think that's pretty fair. Um, But this is going to be a triple threat match for the North American title at War Games. I don't know, man. I know we're not really doing predictions much anymore. (laughs) I think this one's a hard one to call because I could see any three leaving with the title. And if they want to continue this little feud with Priest and Gargano and... and still kind of dangle that title away from both of them they could definitely keep this on rough this dude's good man i don't know if you've gone back and watched some of these matches i know you kind of said if they put the TNT, tnt title on marco stunt that i would flip out and you're right i would but i don't know you have celia on rough against the guys he's against and i don't think it even compares to the difference you have with marco stunt um he's really good in the ring uh he's just like frame-wise, really small, if that makes sense.
0: Mhm.
1: So then we get August Gray versus Cameron Grimes. This is just to further the Cameron Grimes Dexter Loomis story. Uh, the best part is they are having a strap match at War Games. I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Cameron Grimes and uh, Dexter Loomis. They pronouns, pal. Uh, after the match, after he after Grimes wins, he tosses Gray out of the ring. Uh, with a strap attached to him that he brought to the ring. He, so he strapped himself to Grey, tossed him under the bottom rope, and as he's doing his promo, talking about how Dexter Loomis won't be able to get away from him, of course, it's no longer Grey, and Dexter Loomis slides himself into the ring, and Cameron Grimes sees a ghost. You know, hilarity ensues. I really like what they're doing with these two in this angle. Cameron Grimes is knocking it out of the park with his, I called it character work. I'm not sure if that's what you want to call it, but... It really, really, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, then we get Jake Atlas getting a big win over Tony Neese. They've emphasized several times during the match that Tony Neese was a former cruiserweight champion. They're telling the story that Jake Atlas has been knocked down, but he's getting wins now, or he got a big win, so now he's going to climb his way back up, and that's exactly what he said on the promo afterwards. They did a post-match promo, Mike, with uh, McKinsey standing outside right next to the announce table. It was a little bit of a different look. I really like that. They've been doing that on SmackDown, too. Uh, sometimes they do it on Raw. I like the different kind of jump to a promo or jump to an interview right after a match. It's something they used to do that they don't really do anymore, and I like to see them that they're getting back to it. Uh, let's see... That got a B-plus from Bleacher Report. I'd say that's fair. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets are back uh, in NXT. Uh, They're of NXT UK fame. They were coming out to have a match with Ever-Rise. And Imperium attacked Ever-Rise. And took issue with the Grizzled Young Vets being there. Said that they're the premier tag team in NXT. So then they have a match... Impromptu, since Everrise is injured, and of course Everrise comes out, attacks them, and then runs away like scolded dog, saying, "Everrise rules." It was a real cheesy kind of promo, which I think really fit that team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they, uh, of course, follow them during the break. Uh, they run to their car and they drive away before they could get any consequences from the two. Uh, I would say stronger UK <laughs> tag teams. Um, we get a really cool promo. If you've been watching uh, the war games lead up, of course Shotzi's tank was destroyed. She's been working in a workshop with war pigs playing in the background, building something. And we see Rick uh Raquel. We see Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon come in and give her a present to add to whatever she's building. She's clearly building a massive tank, at least that's what I think. Uh, to ride to the ring to war games, and that is where Bleacher Report ends. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> Bleacher Report gave this a B plus. Uh, let's just skip to it. We got a really good segment with Undisputed Era. Uh, almost feels like it might be the end of them on NXT. Maybe, maybe, but hyping the match. It was a you know, a pre tape, really well produced, as always. Pre tape with Undisputed Era in suits in a restaurant, talking about what they're going to do, what they've done, what they're going to do, what Pat McAfee and Pete Dunn and Oni and Danny Birch have not realized what they've gotten themselves into. So we get some hype for that. Of course later we get the Kings of NXT in the ring doing their stuff. Pat giving another Beautiful Pat McAfee-style promo. Really hyping this uh, and doing a good job. So let's just jump. We get some Thatcher and Champa stuff, but we're just going to jump to the main event, which was the ladder match for the advantage at WarGames between Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez. I'm going to say these are the two most improved women on the roster this year. Uh, I already thought Shotzi was good, but Raquel Gonzalez, man, she has grown leaps and bounds in the time that she's been in NXT and the time that she's been on TV and I really think she has potential to be something as well. Uh, we did not know the fourth member of the good guy team Team Shotzi um, but through this match it appears to be revealed that it is NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai and we still have the looming mysterious Ghostface uh on Team Candice. Uh we've seen two now and we knew the one was India Hartwell and the other one's not her. So there's probably definitely another woman and probably definitely we know there's a male because he helped Johnny win the title of Halloween Havoc. So any thoughts on that, Mike? Any, any guesses or ideas or clues who we might see at War Games? Um,
0: I am guessing it is going to be. Oh, we're going to say the female ghost face is Bull Nakano, and (laughs) the male ghost face is um, the one, two, three kid.
1: I don't think those are going to happen. Uh, I'll give you my guesses. Um, If you recall, Austin Theory quit about a month and a half ago, two months, if we recall the storyline uh after suffering a bunch of losses so team gargano might not be a bad place for him to fall and there's been rumor circulating uh they died down but i've got it on good word that i don't know as we record this friday afternoon as i enjoy my last day of vacation from work mike uh there was a news release from Dave Meltzer, I guess. I don't know when I say news release, but dirt sheets and websites are running that AEW no longer has interest in Tessa Blanchard. Well, I've been told that she's been signed a WWE contract for at least two months now. Uh, that her debut, she kind of fumbled by post posting pics or pics getting out of her and Sasha training together. About a month, month and a half ago. So it was kind of, let's delay this. We want it to be a surprise. Let's just say if there's a diamond in a rough on Team Candace that uh, you heard it here first. Or maybe second, depending on what you listen to. Be stupid to send her to NXT. Maybe, but would it? Yeah. Because. No, it would. Be- it would. No. Because, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. I. I She's definitely ready for main roster. That being said, who has the best women's division in all of her wrestling?
0: Well, WWE main roster
1: combined. Okay, but who stands out the most on TV? NXT. Yeah, It's not even a question. And if you're trying, is there a Wednesday Night War, Mike? I guess. And what is your strongest... What is NXT? We already said it. NXT's strongest suit is the women's division. It completely buries AEW's women's division. And if you can get that one star out there, I agree with you. I think she should be main roster as well. However, if you're going to do something, if you want to try to get a leg up, I don't know that this does it, but, I mean, you can try it, right? You can try it. If it doesn't move the needle, Royal Rumble's right around the corner, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess. Seems like an egregious waste to test the Blanchard.
1: I just think an interesting faction could be Johnny, Candace, Tessa, Austin, Theory, uh, with India Heartware there as well. I don't know. I- I'm curious. I'm not marking it in stone that that's what's going to happen. I've just heard that it's... It'll be soon for Tessa, and I've also kind of put the feelers out there that, yeah, well, you're Dave Meltzer, and you clearly kind of help another company, you can start to put out there, well, they pass on this person when this person actually already signed somewhere else. Just one of those, you know, creating the narrative, Mike. Mhm. But overall, decent episode of NXT, not maybe the best go-home show, but they were up against stiff competition, so do you bring the house, or do you let that stiff competition just kind of Take the win, and you don't show all your cards when you already know you're probably gonna get beat.
0: I don't think you look at it like that at all. I think you just make the best show you can make for that week. I, I
1: agree. Think, I, I, think I, both, I think that's of where both
0: I think that's where both these look shows way, are fucking up. No, neither one of them do, and that's where they're both fucking up. They're both trying to like counter the other one on certain nights. Um, instead, man, just make the best show that you can make for that night quit trying to counter and eventually you'll just start having good shows because like now all your shows are just booked around like storytelling and matches instead of like oh what's this what are the what are the other guys doing and i think that's an issue that both these shows have
1: yeah no i totally agree i totally agree let's do uh let's take a quick break hear from our friends and come back and get into a lot of aew hang tight we We'll be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie?
2: Man, why you got to put me on the spot like that? No, come
1: on. Tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. Quick,
2: quick. It doesn't matter what your favorite line
1: from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? No, wait, wait. You love movies, right? Why don't you join me? The Lord them And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Merrimat Logson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time out on the (laughs)
2: highway. Excuse my little interruption of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID pod show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? (laughs) That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps, on all of them. It's wid question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line, like Mike did. The brave one and talk to well-known guests or share your own personal story but be aware sometimes it gets dark and disturbing so are you ready to take this ride I'll be waiting for you on the other side now back to the two mics on mics and the drive-by wrestling podcast Best show about professional sports entertainment. <laughs>
1: Your time to shine. AEW. Winter is coming. Uh, a pay-per-view-like feel. That's what they said. Did they deliver in your opinion? Uh, it felt like a really
0: big episode of TV. It wasn't a pay-per-view feel to me at all. Um, let's just jump right into... like. Only two things mattered in this show, right? Like no disrespect. Sp-
1: yeah, no, you're right. Let me just say, I really, really, really tried to get this episode in because I wanted to be fully, fully into this for this show. And even on vacation, I actually probably have less time when I'm on vacation. You know how that is, Mike. Uh, I did get the Battle Royal watch watched and thought that it was. I'm not a Battle Royal person anyway. I don't really enjoy them except for the Royal Rumble because of the way that it's paced, right? I don't know if you feel the same way or not. Uh, I thought it was pretty terrible right up until, what, the last four was Wardlow, Rusev, MJF, and I think Jungle Boy. Am I correct on that?
0: Orange Cassidy. And, and Cassidy, And, And
1: Sammy Guevara was in there too. When it was that group... It got real interesting. I liked the stories they were telling, and I thought they did that very, very well. But the rest of it was kind of meh. But anyway, go ahead. That's all that I got to. Sorry. But I I, I saw the things that matter, so we can talk about those.
0: I think every battle royal is a mess until you get down to like five guys. (laughs) It
1: usually is. There was one that NXT did. There was a women's battle royal that NXT did, and I can't even remember what it was for. I think it was this year um oh yeah it was just for the it was no that wasn't the one that one was okay there was one about a year ago they did that was a, a really fun good battle royal from start to finish and it was probably one of the first ones i've seen where i was like i enjoyed the entire battle royal usually it does come down to like the last four or five uh so that's not that's not a criticism of this episode it's just a criticism of battle royals in general
0: yeah um MJF and Orange Cassidy were the co-winners, so they're going to fight it out for the Battle Bull ring that Diamond Dallas Page currently holds, or what the fuck ever it's called. Um, Frankie Kazarian took on Chris Jericho. Uh, You know? You know? uh, For two guys that have a combined 50-plus years in the wrestling business Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have never met in the ring, which is pretty impressive. That is. Uh, I really thought this match was not going to be just okay. But here we are with a just okay match. And (laughs) uh, at the end, MJF came out to, like, throw the towel in. Sammy Guevara came out and was like, what the fuck? Uh, Jericho picks up the win. But then, like, there's a big argument after Jericho decides that next week they're going to... Hash it out, and if they can't get on the same page, then the inner circle will break up.
1: Interesting. I still really like our thoughts on the booking.
0: That's the best way to book it, but hey, whatever. Um, Britt Baker fucking beat Layla Hirsch. Yeah. Alright, let's get to something that matters, okay? <laughs> Cody yeah, Rhodes and Darby Allen take it on Ricky Starks and Apparently, who is now named Powerhouse Hobbs?
1: because you're a heel so you know wait, hold on. wasn't Will Hobbs against these guys?
0: Oh yeah Will Hobbs joined him last week. Oh we didn't talk okay. last week. Oh that's right We didn't right. talk, last, we week. Didn't talk yeah. last week Will Hobbs actually will Hobbs joined him two weeks ago okay. Yeah Will Hobbs hmm, joined him was totally it that. Wait wait was it last week? I don't know. Either way, Will Hobbs has joined up with him. He's now known as Powerhouse Hobbs, which is a better nickname than Man Titty Hobbs. But hey, whatever.
1: Um, <laughs> who, who gave him that nickname? Me. Okay, fair.
0: I feel like I'm going to titty fuck the shit out of Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the match itself was not terrible. Um. Uh, Allen got the win with the coffin drop. Um, after the match, you know, Hobbs attacks Allen, Arne Anderson, uh, Dustin Rhodes makes the save till Brian Cage comes down. Team Taz is leaving them all fucking laying, and then the fucking lights go out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the fucking lights go out. And the screen starts playing, and it's like, spooky shit. And, (laughs) uh, Aaron's in the ring, like, oh, what's going on? And fucking Sting comes out. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's Sting. And all, like, Sting comes in and, like, with a bat and clears the ring of Team Taz. And then proceeds to go over, and he. Uh, I don't know. It's really weird, man. Um, he like, uh, walks three, like faces off with Arn Anderson. You know, we got a a couple of guys just waiting for the early bird meal. Um, (laughs) like, Oh man, you remember, you remember when we were in our forties in the eighties and they're like, Oh yeah.
1: Um, he he said to Arn, "Hey, tomorrow three thirty steakhouse. Let's steakhouse, do it. Steakhouse. Let's do it, man.
0: let get our golden buckeye cards. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's a reference for <laughs> Ohio listeners. Um, yeah,
1: they'll get it. I promise. Uh,
0: uh, Joe, what a golden buckeye card is." <laughs> Is when you're like a senior citizen in the state of Ohio because our college football state. team is the Ohio State Buckeyes and we're the Buckeye State. Um, you get a card called a Golden Buckeye card, which gives you like, I don't know, old people discounts or something. I'm not exactly sure what the fuck it's for, to be honest with you. I don't know. But anyway, so these fucking uh, sextagenarians are out here fucking <laughs> having a face-off. Which, like, you know how many times I've seen Sting and Arn Anderson have a face off, and this is the first time I was ever not, like, impressed with it. Um, okay. Yeah. So then Sting goes to Dustin Rhodes, and they have, like, a fucking. Sting's like, Sting's like, five more years for you, man. You can come to dinner with me and fucking Arn on <laughs> the early burner. And then he goes <laughs> over to Cody, and he's like, I don't know, fucking stares him down and then he goes and looks at Darby Allen and here's the thing. Everyone's like Oh, I got chills with the Darby Allen moment, man. It was like face paint to face paint. And it's like Okay. When Sting Okay, Sting's always worn face paint, right? Um right. But, like, I think with the Darby Allen comparison, they're talking specifically, like, Crow Sting, right? Yeah. And I hate this fucking comparison, because I know you weren't, like, a Sting
1: guy. I'm not a Sting guy. But and I... Go ahead, because I want to I touch on this big time, too. I want to see where you're going first. But
0: Crow Sting was, like, the biggest thing in the fucking world. Yeah, 100%. And Darby Allen is a cruiserweight mid-card champion. Right. There is no comparison other than they use similar colors of paint on their face. And they don't even do that really cuz Darby uses shades of gray and Sting is pretty strictly black and white. So like Right. this all harkens me back to that fucking like remember the like one of the first two episodes of Dynamite when Cody was on commentary. And it was a Darby Allen match, and he
1: was like... This is what I wanted to say. Darby, yes, go ahead.
0: Darby just kind of reminds me of Sting, doesn't he? And Tony Schiavone, he had is... to sit there and, like, agree with his boss, even though you could tell he clearly <sighs> didn't see the comparison at all. And I swear to God, I feel like that's the only fucking reason that Sting came out for this match right
1: here. This, right here, what you just said, is the one thing that really would... I'm not a Sting guy. You're right. But, like... But you get it. They have been trying... Yes, I get it. I totally get it. But they've been trying since day one to pretend like Darby Allin is their version of Sting, and then it's almost like now they're just, like, gonna force it to happen, and it is really off-putting for me. And I'm not even a Sting guy. Like... I... I have way more love and respect for The Undertaker, right? I think these two always get compared because for whatever reason... I don't want to say for whatever reason. Taker's a WWE guy through and through. Sting is a WCW guy through and through, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, and they both... I guess Sting's is kind of a paranormal gimmick. I don't really necessarily agree with it. Uh, Where Taker's is way more paranormal than Sting's. Whatever. Uh... But I see the comparisons, and it would be (sighs) like, okay, Alistair, we talked about this with Daniel, right? If they wanted to say make Alistair Black the next Undertaker, I think we'd all kind of be okay with that, at least to a degree. But if they were going to make, (sighs) I'm trying to think of somebody on the wwe roster like, we'll even use darby allen like if they were if darby allen was in wwe and they were gonna make him the next undertaker i would have a problem with that right yeah <laughs> like you know it's not the same caliber of even potential in my opinion
0: yes it's not even the same caliber of potential.
1: I feel like they're just trying to shove it down your throat. It's like, like, it's like the early Roman, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. And here's the thing. Sting had the ability, the unique fucking ability, which he still kind of does and was still kind of proven this week. I'll give him that. Um, To make you, Sting has the unique ability to show up for four minutes on an episode of TV and make you wig the fuck out. Yeah, and he's, Just one, like of the, and he's one of the and he's one of the comparison. he's one of the only people that has this ability, ever mm-hmm. in wrestling to show up. For, Hulk Hogan couldn't show up for four minutes, drop three fucking leg drops, and leave, and you'd be like, "Fuck yeah!" No, Sting dropping out of the ceiling, getting seven or eight fucking scorpion death drops, cleaning house like a fucking superhero, and going right the fuck back up is maybe like one of my best memories in wrestling ever. Ever, I frequently, frequently, there's a YouTube uh video that you can find it's called sting versus the nwo and it's essentially Mm -hmm. all the clips from 1997 of sting attacking the nwo and it's fucking amazing i watch it all the time and sting still has this unique ability to do this as proven not on the same level as it used to be i didn't jump up out of my fucking chair and go like wake my mom up and be like sting um (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that would have been interesting.
0: You know, like, I didn't call my dude Danny at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Like, Sting's back! Um, but I still was like, oh, okay, Sting. Um, But Darby Allen does not have this. He does not. And first of all, Sting was a legit bona fide main eventer when he became Crow Sting. So he Mm -hmm. already had the allure and the appeal of being the fucking top guy in the company. And you're just, like, forcing it on this guy, because Cody said it and wanted it. (sighs) Yeah.
1: Nope. Um... So, let's discuss how we feel about this. (laughs) You want to go first, or you want me to go? You can go ahead and go. Well, I have a couple different things. Like, for one, I'm not a Sting guy. You know, our private group chat kind of blew up. Oh my god, it's Sting. I'm just... I was watching NXT. I really... I Kind of like you. I wasn't going to change the channel. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'll check this out, right? Like, I kind of assumed it was coming eventually, considering he didn't re-sign his Legends contract with WWE. I sent you, I sent the group, and I don't know if people didn't, there's this, there's this Twitter account, you didn't get it right off the bat, and then I kind of was trying to explain it to you and AJ, um, and I actually was kind of joking at first, but now I kind of get it, you're going to be irritated by this, but it's, the, the Twitter account is at what, I'm <clears throat> sorry, at Meltzer said what, this guy, or girl, I don't know, but will highlight clips from Wrestling Observer Radio, and just Basically, to shit on Meltzer. It's pretty hysterical. It's a great follow if you are like us and kind of have issue with some of the things that Dave Meltzer says. Uh, but he just put a tweet out that had a like a texting emoji. and said, At Mystic Man, quote, Good thing I put you over, pal. LOL. End quote. And then the same texting emoji with Triple H with a winky emoji. Uh, which goes back to WrestleMania 31. And... Was it Scott Hall that said, oh, you're not putting Sting over? Yeah. Um, and I kind of, you know, when I was explaining this to you, when I sent it to you, you and AJ were kind of like, we don't really get it. And I explained it to you. And then you were kind of like, but you're trolling me, right? And I was just actually just trying to explain it to you. But then the more I think about it, it was like, Sting was always a WCW guy. Sting is of course a legend, an icon. Sting only came, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, Sting only came to WWE so that he could be inducted into the Hall of Fame, he signed a contract, he had a few matches, uh, he got injured, supposedly career ending, which we're going to touch on here in a second, but did he have a good run in WWE? No, but he got paychecks, he... They got licensing rights, which got him more paychecks, and he is now part of their canon one way or another, at least on the WWE side of it, to go with the WCW side. But, like, he didn't come over after that. By, when, when Vince bought WCW, he was part of that group of guys with Hogan and Nash and Hall that had these massive contracts, Goldberg, that they could either sit at home and get paid millions of dollars, or Vince could buy him out, which, who would do that, Right. Like, you're not now going to spend extra millions of dollars for these stars who you know, you've monopolized it. You're eventually going to get them. Yep, exactly. So, in this whole kind of joke tweet that I sent, I kind of look back and I say, okay, wait. (laughs) As much as we can shit on them for what they quote-unquote did to Sting, Sting was never really on their team. And the point of the tweet that this account sent out was look here he is he's not retired he's now active in your really biggest rival company right yeah so we didn't we did what we do we didn't give him the win over our you know who was i mean head of the like will probably eventually be head of the company so it's almost like man you can look at it as a joke, but you can also kind of look at it as, man, Vince McMahon kind of knows his stuff. Not that it even matters, because do I think wrestling fans really look, oh God, Sting beat Triple H at WrestleMania 31, so he's the better guy. And it it to I don't think to wrestling fans that matters. But to an old school guy like Vince McMahon, it probably does matter. <laughs> does that make sense at all?
0: Yeah, uh, I still don't think this retroactively makes that the right call.
1: Like it's ridiculous. I didn't, I didn't say that it made it the it's, right call. I just don't care because I'm not a Sting guy.
0: Yeah, right. No, I and like, I'm a
1: triple. I am a Triple H guy. I'm a. But fan, like I said, in the,
0: I'm a fan of both these guys.
1: And like I said in the group, like I wouldn't have been pissed if Sting beat Triple H. Just like I didn't care that Triple H beat him because I'm not a Sting guy. And being a Triple H guy, I also don't think that it would have mattered had Sting beat him, right? But I think it's funny to look back at that now with, like, this tweet and just see how it has now played out. And it's kind of funny to retroactively be like, oh, well, Vince had a point, right? That's what I was getting at. Um, Also, man, there's been a lot of call to hypocrisy, and I'm big on the hypocrisy with AEW. And I did see people saying there was a meme about Goldberg and Sting and how everyone was pissed that Goldberg's here taking spots from young guys. But Sting is here. and No one's mad. Everyone's happy. And then the, the justification was, and I i am going to shock you here, Mike. I agree with the justification here. Well, Sting's not in there winning titles off of guys, he shouldn't be. Like Goldberg was. And I agree with that. However... Sting has now been added to the active male roster on oh, AEW's website. Yeah, what does that mean?
0: I don't know. Like, here is the thing, man. I I can't shit all over the Undertaker for like the last three years and not <laughs> like somewhat shit on this. Like
1: no, Sting is Sting sixty one. Yeah. And 50 something?
0: He's like a whole ten years older than The Undertaker almost. Yeah. Um I can't shit all over The Undertaker. The
1: Undertaker's fifty-five. Okay. But still. (laughs) But it's like.
0: When he came back, when he debuted. Like, okay, so this thing returned. I was like, alright. I said, uh, you know, I thought to myself, if they use him as like the spooky Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard. You know, as like one of these uh, like the Jake they're using, uh, these like mentor, coach uh, managerial roles.
1: A role where none of them have an active roster profile. Yes! Imagine (laughs)
0: Sting is like like the Arn Anderson to a group of like I don't know, Darby Allen and... Fuck, I don't know. Vampiro from 1999, and... I don't know, I'm just, like, randomly pulling fucking spooky motherfuckers out of my head. But, like, if you staying in, like, that kind of role, eh, hey, that's kind of dope, man. You know what I mean? But, like, um... Then he got added to the active roster. And, um... I don't like this at all. And I don't think Sting... Okay, my problem with the taker, right, is that he's always in a main event spot and some shit like that. Do I think that Sting is going to be taking, like, a main event spot? No, I don't. Um, is he going to be on the high end of the card if he wrestles? Yeah, definitely. But is his match going to go on after the AEW title match? Fuck no, it's not. And I fucking hate that about the Undertaker. Um, oh, here's the other, here's the other thing, Mike. Let not me interject. Hold on, hold on. Let me just say. Okay. And he's not going to be winning titles like Goldberg.
1: Most likely. You're right. Most likely. But. <laughs> Go ahead. If you're. I'm trying to think of how to gather this. If you're a, women, a woman on this roster. In a division that already is not highlighted. In a division that lacks everything from momentum to star power to almost it feels like backing from the company they work for and i'm not talking about staying taking away time from the men because i mean i think inevitably it will but now there's one more thing if you're a woman to think that they're gonna highly prioritize over you right
0: I think if you're in this fucking women's division, you know what you are and you know what it is. I probably wouldn't get upset about this. I think by this point you'd understand where you're at.
1: I mean, is that a good place to be?
0: No, it's not a good place to be. But you know what? A lot of people aren't happy in the WWE. This is true. This is true.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it's cool for Sting. Like I said to you, he's getting paid um or like i said in a group chat he's getting paid but i mean he was getting paid anyway i can't i don't know what those legend deals work out to but i have a feeling that sting probably sold a bunch of merch right oh i'm sure <laughs> i mean he became the quickest selling tea on pro wrestling tees 24 hours later i'm sure he sold plenty of wwe merch i mean they canceled a figure that was supposed to come out uh on the mattel line Ah, so I feel Wait, like which he probably left, still left money on the table. Which one got canceled? The Legends one. What one did that look like? I don't remember. Uh, there's too, <laughs> too many. Um, it was a crow sting. Uh, I've already got the crow sting, so. But it was a Legend series. The point I'm getting at, I'm sure he was making money with WWE, so Mm -hmm. I don't feel that this was about money. And that's also what concerns me with him being on the active roster because we all know that sometimes these wrestlers have...
0: Delusions of grandeur.
1: That's exactly what I was just going to say. I was going to say egos, and then I was just about to say delusions of grandeur, and you took it out before I could even get the words out of my mouth. That is why we are an awesome team, Mike. uh Yeah, and WWE was pretty firm that he was not cleared by their doctors to wrestle, and let's be fair here, AEW's had a little bit of a, I can't think of the word, maybe you can come up with it for me again, Uh, their medical stuff hasn't been perfect lately with in-ring stuff, right, with live in-ring stuff happening letting wrestlers compete after they probably should have stopped a match or at least done a more thorough check. Uh, Matt Hardy off the ladder comes to mind. This concerns me because Cody's obviously a big fan of Sting, right? Mm-hmm. Said Tony Khan's...
0: Didn't he say it was his favorite wrestler when he was a kid?
1: Yeah, Tony Khan is, I mean, by all intent and purposes, a huge wrestling mark, Right. Yes. So if you own a company and you have the ability to have your biggest star in Cody, have his biggest, his favorite wrestler in Sting come in and either tag or go against, and you're the money guy, and you're the money mark, and you're the wrestling mark, do you kind of forget protocol? Do you kind of not worry about it because the icon tells you he can go. You get whatever I'm going with this? Uh Uh-huh. And I'm not saying they would intentionally put someone at risk, but if the man himself is saying, I can go, you might take his word for it. And I just don't want to see something tragic happen.
0: No, I don't either. I just don't have any interest in seeing a 60-year-old man wrestle.
1: There's also that. And to be fair, this is still a company in its early stages. And God forbid something like that happens in their ring. What is next? You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, the Owen Hart incident could have ended WWE even at that time. I mean... They struggled for years after that, and then it was compounded by Crispin Waugh, right? hmm And if it wasn't for John Cena, we might not be having this conversation anyway, right? hmm Or it would at least maybe sound different. So I just hope, I hope that this was put on their page just to stir the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, confusion would be the best bet. And time will tell, as we say, uh, but it concerns me. And I've seen people talking about the concern, and the hardcore AEW fans talking about how their WWE marks for saying that. And no, it's maybe concern for fellow human being, and as the person who I saw saying it... Uh, I've watched this guy for three-fourths of my life. I'm a huge fan. I don't want to see something bad happen. Sorry for my concern. Uh, not sorry for my concern. Mike, something else major happened, did it not?
0: Yeah, we'll skip all the other bullshit.
1: Um.
0: Kenny Omega won the AEW title. I am curious real fast, though. I, I do just want to see what Bleacher Report rated that match. Um. Actually, I guess that Bleacher. was the. Actually, I guess that was the very next thing that happened. Never mind.
1: Yeah, Bleacher Report also. B plus.
0: Uh, B plus. It was a solid match. Um, B plus sounds about
1: right. Uh, hey, uh, before we go further, because ble- I don't want to forget this. Uh, B plus for that. B B for the. Uh, Darby Allen Cody Sting. This was a very low graded Bleacher Report episode of Dynamite. Everything else was C or C plus up above. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. because I feel like they grade them really soft and positive. And I hear that this was the greatest episode of Dynamite to ever dynamite. And even the segments that should have really that I thought Bleacher Report would put over, they didn't glaringly put over, if that makes sense. Good. I just found that interesting.
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe they're like that Shad dude in that wrestling group, and he just fucking—they finally are just coming around to the fact that AEW is not what they thought it was going to be. I mean, how about that the, dude taking a complete fucking one eighty and being like the most hardcore AEW? Fuck you, WWE Mark guys, to being like a W like WWE guy now and hating AEW. He's <laughs> he's still like the most obnoxious, worst type of wrestling fan.
1: It yeah. Uh huh.
0: Just for a different company, like it's crazy to me. Crazy. It still has terrible opinions on things. Terrible opinions on things. <laughs> so anyway, Don Callis is on commentary at the start of the match, and he's like, "You know, I'd just like to thank Impact Wrestling for allowing me to be on here to call this match. As you know, I have a long history with Kenny Omega." Blah, 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 and the family. Um, so that's notable, right?
1: Uh. Yeah, his presence has been notable.
0: So, um, we get towards the end of the match. Uh, Moxley throws Kenny into these heaters that are around the ringside. Because, you know, we're at Daly's place. It's an outdoor venue. It's fucking cold in Florida this week, man. Um. (laughs) These people who don't know how to survive down there. So, they've got um, heaters at ringside, and Moxley throws Kenny into the heater, and Kenny's down, he's injured, the ref calls for the ring doctors, um, Callis comes down to check on him, like, yo, that's my nephew. Um, so... Moxley grabs Omega and throws him into the ring. Like Just pushes the doctors and refs off of him and just throws him into the ring. Um, Callus grabs a mic and starts saying, he's hurt. He's hurt. You can't do this. He's hurt. Moxley shoves him down. As Moxley shoves him, Callus' mic makes its way from Callus to Kenny. And Callus draws the ref's attention, and Kenny busts Moxley open with the of fucking course. mic. <laughs> of course. I thought that's fucking hilarious. I thought that, too. I was like, oh, of course. They're like, oh, Moxley split open. I was like, of course he is. Um,
1: <laughs> if it wasn't him, it had to be Cody. Yeah, well,
0: Cody be him well, this week. well, Cody didn't bleed this week, so... <laughs>
1: they, they <laughs> Mox won the coin toss and yeah. he gets
0: to bleed this week. Who gets to do some retarded shit with her forehead this week. Um... So then, I this part was pretty fucking sweet. So he hits him with that right, and then Kenny delivers five straight V triggers to this dude, hmm. and and then hits the the uh, one winged angel for the win. But the five straight V triggers was like some real New Japan shit where you're just like, holy shit, man! Like this is starting to turn fucking like epically brutal. Um, right. Uh and so Omega wins and Callus grabs him and they start running. Like running out of Daly's place, out to a car. The um that fucking guy that does interviews for AEW, whose like whole interview gimmick, I think, is just appearing as if out of nowhere. Uh for an interview. Have you noticed how he does that? Just slides out of nowhere and is like yeah. Hey, got a few words real fast. Um I fucking love it. It's one of like my favorite ongoing gimmicks in AEW. Anyway, <sighs> He fucking slides out, and Don Callis is like, if you want the answers, turn into Impact Wrestling next Tuesday. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) First of all, no. Um... (laughs) That was my first thought when he said it. Tune into Impact Wrestling next Tuesday. I was like, nope, not gonna do that. Um... Uh, what I will do is tune into their Facebook page and watch the fucking three-minute clip of whatever happens. Uh, oh. But yeah, so definitely not going to do that. Actually, I might. You know, I'm talking shit. But like, um, I yeah, sure, I guess. I'll, like, right on. I'm interested in this. I now, don't
1: even think I get that channel, dude. You know,
0: what channel was it on?
1: Access, which I had forgotten. Oh, shit. I only know because people have been tweeting about it. (laughs) When they quit playing... Because I couldn't even remember what channel they were on.
0: I don't even know if I have that, because when they quit playing New Japan... Well, first of all, it never fucking mattered. I had a New Japan World account, so it was, like, incidental to me. But New Japan was the only thing that I really kept up with on there. And then, once New Japan was gone, I... I don't even think I have that channel anymore, either. Because I got rid of like the fucking direct tv
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and have internet tv now which is fucking sucks dude like if you guys are looking for like something to replace your cable service with like a streaming service don't fucking get youtube tv it it eats a fucking dick um anyway so mike what does this mean
1: Man, I don't know. Let let's let's start out this way because when I was talking with you about what we were going to talk about uh, last night before this recording, and I'm just like trying to make. I'm looking at it from the business side, and then you sent me the answer can't just be some cool wrestling shit. And I was like, No, it can't. No, be. it it can't.
0: And it, I wasn't saying it like that can't be the answer. I was saying like. Well, we, I want to we look at talk- it like
1: that for a minute. I want to okay. look at it like that for a minute. Hold on. Okay. So, I think in a perfect world, yes, it can be, but we don't live in that world. And here's the thing, but but let's pretend we do. Okay, Don Callis basically got Jericho over to fight Omega in New Japan, right? Because mm-hmm. Don Callis was the announcer there. They had never met. Jericho wasn't under contract anymore with WWE. This kind of all... It's almost like Don Callis is responsible for AEW and uh, specifically Jericho not being in WWE contract anymore. I know that's not true, but you can paint this picture. That's where it so all you starts. Can say, you can say, yes, this is cool wrestling shit, but that's in a perfect world. And, 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 you know, I heard Jericho, Callis, and Omega on Jericho's podcast. I've been hearing this story for, what, three, four years now? Mhm. And the, the nephew part, the Omega and his training and all the Canadian connection, now TNA or Impact, whatever the hell that show is anymore is based out of Canada. It all connects in a super cool way, which if it's just that, awesome. Here's the problem. It can never be just that when it's business. If you look back... At WWE and ECW, right? And the ECW thing with Paul Heyman's guys being in the crowd. I don't even remember what show it was. And then they show up on Raw and Sabu jumps off the Raw sign. An iconic moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I was never a WCW guy, man. Like, I started getting into WCW when the NWO was a part of them, uh, which was because it was kind of thought that this might be an actual invasion before it was clear that it wasn't, right? So, I was an ECW guy. I was a WWE and an ECW guy. WCW was my third, and the NWO was the only reason I got into it. And I know a lot of guys, it was the other way, right? They were WCW people. They liked WWE and ECW was a third. ECW only came into the picture because Vince was freaking paying them. Vince was keeping their payroll active so that that company could then turn into (sighs) like a feeder for their training, for to get guys some TV time on something that wasn't watched by a lot of people. Is this starting to sound familiar? That's the only thing that makes sense with this, Mike, because let's look at it business wise. And again, WWE at the time of the ECW stuff had been around for years. We're less—we're just over a year into AEW, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I, I will read this on air. I won't say who, but this is what I got from one of my connections. It's possible that this is AEW, an AEW push telling the network that they will increase their viewers. Apparently TNT can rescind their extension in February if they want to. This is just this is just spitballing. This isn't anything that is confirmed. Many believe that they went all out due to declining numbers and hopes that this boosts their numbers and they keep their extension. Now, this episode of Dynamite did 913,000. So we still didn't hit a million. Which has been their ceiling. That they haven't hit. They hit like once or twice and they haven't hit since. Now Sting was unadvertised. So it will be interesting to see if that does anything. But e- even with Impact. I ha- Impact does about 150. 150000 I have to believe. That if you watch Impact. You probably already watch AEW. Right? I would guess. And even if we said. Even if we said half. Half of them watch AEW. That's what, 75,000? Yeah. And let's say 50,000 of that will tune into AEW. Mm -hmm. Even if we said, even if we said the full 75, you're still under a million, possibly, right? Yeah. So who does this benefit? From a business standpoint, I feel like it benefits Impact way more than it does AEW, and that's if, kind of just like you said, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't have time to watch AEW every week, and I, even though it doesn't always sound like it, I actually enjoy some of the stuff they do. I would like to watch them every week on a more frequent basis. I'm certainly not going to tune into Impact. You know what I mean? I would just watch what happens on Dynamite. But there will be people that will watch impact because of this and say their numbers get up to 200,000 or 250,000 or 300,000, or we'll even take a stab at it and say they get half of what AEW gets, which is we'll say, we'll just be nice and say 500,000. So they're at 750,000, right? Uh-huh. So we kind of evil even, even out. You know what I mean? Like, it bumps Impact and doesn't bump AEW. The only thing that makes sense to me is if somehow, some way, Tony Khan is in talks to buy Impact. Which, in turn, would booster their women's division, right? Oh, massively. But what else does it do? Because they already have men on their roster that don't make TV time. They get AEW dark, right? And... You know, the hardcore AEW will, fans will give passes and then complain that Ricochet and Jeff Hardy had a match on Main Event, right? Like, <laughs> so, again, who does this benefit? Because business-wise, I don't see it benefiting AEW. I see it benefiting Impact. Well, I, I want you to kind of respond to that, because I don't I don't know. Um...
2: Mm
0: -hmm. the only way that it really benefits AEW is like I said earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Some cool wrestling shit. Yeah. That's it. it.
1: Which, yeah, there's
0: that potential. That's it. That's the only way this benefits AEW. They're not gaining anything from it except the possibility to do some cool wrestling shit.
1: Now, you already watch AEW. Mm -hmm. I already try to at least keep up with AEW, if not, watch it. But, like, is there anyone on the Impact roster that makes you stand up and say, I don't care what, we'll just say WWE or New Japan or anything, whatever. Let's say that it was the same night, and it has to be NXT. It it is what it is, because that's who they're against, right, On Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. But is there anyone on that Impact roster that you're like, if I had to choose... I don't care what NXT puts up. Mind you, they could pull anyone from their main roster. I don't care what NXT puts up. i got to see this Impact guy versus AEW guy. Is there anything that does it for you? Because they're not to me.
0: It's not so much I've got to see a versus. um, But any interaction between the Good Brothers and any former Bullet Club members... Will take prior. Will take priority over anything that NXT could put on for me, and I and I one hundred percent mean that.
1: But is that because? That's, that's because I even, love
0: the fucking Bullet Club,
1: and because you are a New Japan fan. Not I'm because I'm a New of Impact. Yes,
0: it's because I'm a New Japan fan. It's not because of Impact. Does <laughs> Kenny see, Omega a, versus Eric Young do anything for me? Fuck no, it doesn't.
1: Right, right, and that's that's kind of my that's my point here. Um. And also, this is interesting because yesterday uh, on an interview with a pre-War Games interview, I believe, with Ryan Satin, it might have been the group call, I don't know, Triple H actually said, and this is where it all comes down to, man, we're open for business in a lot of ways and a lot of things. And this is someone asked about potential working with other companies. But here it is. It just depends on what they are and if they are beneficial to us in the long term. I, like That's always what it has to come down a, let's to. Let's
0: specifically say this also. You left off the end of the quote. After he says long term, he says, by long term, I'm talking 10 years, not three
1: months. Right. So what's the long term? I, this is early. So this is just us shit talking, right? Yeah. But I don't see... Unless, the only thing that makes sense to me, man, is the cons are by an impact. Or have, and it's just not out. Because, again, I saw a lot of criticism of WWE. Oh, uh, they can't keep anything secret. Nobody knew Sting was coming. The, the guy who releases most of the shit that shouldn't be out there won't do that for AEW because he wants them to beat WWE. That is Dave Meltzer. Now, the guy gets shit wrong all the time, but he does have people that tell him stuff. He does get things right. And for whatever reason, uh, I don't want to say for whatever reason, uh, this guy's not going to release shit about AEW. He's just not. He's friends with the Bucks. He has a better relationship with them uh, and the people in that company because he hasn't had years of telling their shit before it was supposed to be out, right? Yeah. And he's he's not going to do it. So... Unless somebody else gets it and releases it on AEW, they're not going to know. So stuff like that isn't going to get out. And to be fair, the guys like Sean Ross Sapp, uh, Ryan Satin, who now is technically, I mean, he works for Fox, who has a, you know, <laughs> clear tie. It's WWE. Those guys usually didn't let that shit out anyway. It's Meltzer who does it. They'd say, we have a bombshell, but they wouldn't release it. They would let the stuff play out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mouser doesn't. He just spills it. Yeah. So, I mean, people were kind of talking shit on Vince and WWE for letting things out. Where here, I'm just telling you, like, Tesla was going to debut supposedly months ago and isn't, hadn't, because pictures got out. And they're tired of stuff not being a surprise. And I understand that. But you're, people are blaming Vince and WWE for things not being a surprise. It's not them. It's him. And he's pretty much in bed with Cody and the Bucks and Tony Khan and everybody on that side. He ain't going to tell you because he wants their shit to be successful. He doesn't want the other shit to be successful.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, like It's you think, pretty cut and dry.
1: Like, you think he didn't know about this? He knew about it. He totally knew about mm-hmm. it. I'm sure if we took the time, we could go back and see tweets or listen to uh, radio shows, which I'm not going to do, that would let you know he knew about this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, man. Like... I just don't know where the benefit comes for AEW. Uh, If AEW had been around for 10 or 15 years and they did this, I wouldn't... I'd still question it. It's the, the newness of this promotion with the need to do this or the want to even do this that makes me think, are they worried? Are they trying to just do what they can to try to get those numbers up to another... I don't see why they would be worried. Like The way that I look at it is TNT still has to be happy with the numbers they're doing, right? Yeah. I mean, and again, pro wrestling is one of those things that week in and week out, it's new content. Exactly. Know, they, don't pay ton, they, they don't have to pay a ton for the... They being the network doesn't have to pay a ton for the production. Um, now, I know obviously it's different because... TNT does, I think, and I don't know if that's part of the contract. I don't know if that's something that is going to change. You know, WWE pays their production costs, but they have billion dollar contracts to keep them <laughs> pushing, right?
0: Well, yeah, and that's the difference between the two. Well, one of the many differences,
1: right? And is AEW worried, like that? That's going to change? That they're going to have to front more of those costs, or they already are, are they worried that the numbers aren't performing, like, I just don't see that, but at the same time, unless they built, or unless they're buying Impact, I don't understand how this benefits them, I clearly see how it benefits Impact if you have an audience (laughs) even if every one of your watch one of your viewers, Impact viewers watches AEW, it's 150,000 We'll just put AEW at eight hundred thousand, right? So yeah. if if AEW is at eight hundred thousand, and you take one hundred fifty thousand of that away because everyone that watches Impact watches AEW, you're still you know hoping to gain six hundred fifty thousand viewers to Impact. That's a big deal, but it doesn't translate the other way for AEW. The math doesn't. The math doesn't make sense to me, business-wise, unless there's something else going on with Impact, with Access, with TNT, and then even on the TNT side. Why would TNT be okay with this? Does that make sense? Like, Fox and USA kind of have to get along to some extent, because they both have stakes in WWE doing well, right? Yeah. Like... Fox isn't going to care that they talk about Raw that's on USA on Fox because it's all WWE, right? And same for USA. They're okay that they're advertising for SmackDown on USA because they have a vested interest in WWE and those properties doing well no matter what channel they're on. Because they've both paid a lot of money to have that company do programming for their shows, for their networks, right? Yes. But if you're TNT and you're paying AEW to produce a weekly show, and now they're going to work with a company who's on a network that you don't get any money from, and now they're, those stars are going to be on that channel as well... And it's a lopsided, like AEW, or I'm sorry, WWE, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. It's all within the same umbrella. Impact isn't. Access is Impact's home. Am I making sense? Yeah. Like, it's not the same umbrella. It's two different companies. Unless, if Tony Khan, or if the cons are, are buying, or have buying, or have interest, in buying impact, then now there has to be a sort of same with Fox and USA. You know what I mean? It's the same umbrella, so we're all gonna we're all gonna make money out of this deal, right? We're all gonna benefit from this deal, but I I don't know, man. It's very confusing to me, especially as early on as AEW is in their existence, but. Again, I think only time's going to tell, man. Do you have any like, final thoughts on this? And I, Good, bad, indifferent? I'm more indifferent to it, but I'm curious I, as to why. I'm not going to watch Impact because of this, but I might tune in more. I might make it more of an important point to get to Dynamite to see what's going on, if that makes sense.
0: I am super curious about it. Right. And I'm going to be real, man. Just us talking just now. It makes so little sense business-wise for other companies, for either company, that I'm starting to think maybe it just is cool wrestling shit. Maybe. Like, maybe. it makes it makes so little sense for either company to do this that I think it, may, it might just be cool wrestling shit.
1: It has, it has to be that or the other, right? Yeah. It has to be that or it has to be there's more to the business side of it that we just don't know. Otherwise, it makes zero sense. Zero and sense. To be fair, just cool wrestling shit really makes zero sense too. Other than Tony Khan being the wrestling mark and just wanting to do cool wrestling shit, and that I hate to say it might not be the best business move.
0: Uh, maybe we'll see.
1: But again,
0: I guess we'll who find are we? out Tuesday. Who are we? Huh? Right. We'll find out Tuesday. <laughs>
1: I mean, I won't. I'll find out Wednesday, or I'll see it on Twitter on Tuesday. I ain't watching that.
0: <laughs> I'll look it up on fucking Twitter Tuesday night. I it don't works. even
1: know if I can watch it. I don't think I get that channel. I'll do a search later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people?
0: Um, Dude, I was listening to our Thanksgiving episode. I totally forgot to like mention Daniel.
1: Oh, it's it's all good, man. I I uh, knew that you would. uh, I knew that you would hit some of the people that I didn't. um, Because after I recorded mine, I was like, man, I should have like, you know, thanked some more people. Dude, that episode was so on the fly. mm -hmm. Um, I also recorded that stuff going on. Literally uh, behind the curtain
0: (laughs) in the parking lot of a CVS after getting a COVID test.
1: Eh, There it is. So (laughs) I mean. (laughs) the fact that we even got anything at the time we got it is amazing um and we didn't want to leave you guys we've had a little increase in numbers which we like and they're all so kind of odd but hey we're gonna keep plugging away um of course holiday season will change we do have our predictions episode coming up um there probably won't be a christmas uh probably definitely won't be a christmas or new year's episode that being said i'm gonna rephrase that the new year's episode will probably be our predictions episode we gotta look at the schedule but we're gonna get a couple more weeks in for you guys and then we're gonna take the holidays to kind of coast and then we'll be back after that man so it'll be an interesting time that it will that it will all right guys well we'll do this together this time i say it every week it's been real It's been fun. We will catch you next time.
0: You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week.
1: New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.